All right, and we are live for the first time and last time, Riley. We are. This is the first time we've ever been live. I don't know what first time. We're ready off to a rocky start. Welcome into From College to Combine. As always, I'm your host, Michael Scully, at Michael underscore Scully on Twitter, and joined by Riley Millett at Riley underscore Millett. Both of us now in at the same house, except a couple stories apart. I'm in the attic, he's in the basement. He's got a nice little crib. Set up next to him. Yeah, right. Yeah. How 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 are you doing today, Riley? How are you doing? It's hot out. We don't have AC in here. You don't. You have a fan though. You know. Yeah, it's, I guess that. Works. I'm sure it's doing God's work down there. You know. If you can call it God's work. You you know if this is gonna be an off the rails episode. This is right? God's this work. Is gonna, this is gonna be this is the last one. We're gonna we might be picking up the show again in January, but. As of this, this is going to be the last show for a little bit. The last time you get to see Riley's lovely mug for a bit. You're still going to be able to check me out at IDP Guys, at idpguys.org, at idpguys on Twitter. I'll be doing a weekly waiver show with my guy, Axton Harding, uh, starting up either probably two weeks from now, once we get close to the season. Every single Tuesday, running through a live show. Uh, again, at IDP Guys. But of course, you're watching here on For Frequency's Sake at FFSQC. Great guys, great show, great content. Always coming out from them. Give them a follow. Subscribe if you're not because, you know, they gave this show a shot. And as Riley can attest, it's been a smashing success. Great so, success. Yes. And speaking of great success, we're going to talk with the players that are going to lead you to exactly that in your fantasy football seasons. The must drafts, the players that you are willing to be made fun of, Riley, that. You have this take now. You say this guy is going to do this, and if it is wrong, you are you are going to accept major responsibility next year, type of thing. All right, I was. All right, we're, 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 this is a flag planting episode. Okay, are you ready for that? Yes, couldn't be more. You don't sound I'm ready. faffing about. You don't. You're I'm not don't, faffing about. Like you're not faffing about. Okay, I sometimes oh. Riley, I I swear, you know, because I won't lie, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to let people in on a little bit of a, a secret here on our show deck. Riley, you want to read what your choices are right now? You read them. Okay. Well, and Riley, I want to see, if, I want to see if you know are. who any of them are. I, I, Riley has not put down players, for example. So, you know what? Before we get too far off the rails, let's just get into it. Let's just get into the my guys, the flag plants, the players that you cannot leave your draft without the must drafts. Mr. Millette, you take it away. You, you kick us off. You kick off our final segment of this show. So when when I was putting these guys down on the dock, I put them, uh, you know, nicknames so that I know who they are when I see them, but Mike doesn't know. He can't really guess who they are. So we're going to start with Slime. This guy, we're going to call him Slime. Can you get – do you think you know who it is? All I these names, I are, I, all I these names are pretty similar to – I do know who this is now. Yes. I mean, this this one's pretty obvious. Uh He's a friend of the show. Um, good friend of the show. Great good listener. friend of the show, this guy is. Um, he's going in the sixth, seventh round of your fantasy drafts. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Clyde Edwards Alaire is my first flag plan of the year. Um, it's been well documented both on this show and in mainstream media that this is his first uh, full offseason uh, playing healthy. Um, we were, might have, I was a little worried about his officer or his running back competition coming in, but. I think Isaiah Pacheco has proven that he was a, a training camp flash in the pan and that he's not very good. Has uh, he proven Ronald that? Jones. Yes. Yeah, he has. Um, where where did he prove that? I don't. I, I kind of agree, but I, where did he prove that? 
he struggled in pass in pass protection. He struggled to run the ball. We that's that's been pretty well documented. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been as as every beat reporter has said the best running back of of the group. And whether whether or not that speaks much, um, it's it's been. Uh, I'm pretty confident that he's going to get most of that volume. So uh, I'm I'm moving forward. I'm saying this is a, I think a solid running back on a great offense, and who is going to get most of the of the work, barring some sort of injury like he's dealt with for his entire career. Ronald Jones is probably going to get cut. Um, Jarek McKinnon might sneak in there for some third downs. Um, and he, he had a pretty strong playoff run, but I'm not worried about him long term. He hasn't been much of a factor in training camp. So flag plant. Okay. In Clyde Lair, right in his little helmet. I, I feel like we've been in the, doing this dance for three years now. With, with yep, that's true. But um, everything is I, different this year, though. See, yeah, I it's interesting because he should be on paper the three down back. You know, being a first round pick with the only competition being a seventh round pick and a you know a, a, a dismal old man Jared McKinnon and uh you know Rojo who's not making the roster. But you don't. Players don't get third downs. They don't get three downs without being good. They don't. So I don't really know how Clyde gets third, you know, three down work when he's not that guy. And my my bigger worry is the goal line. Like he's been historically bad on the goal, like really bad. Well, like you can probably score better than Clyde Edwards-Helaire on the goal line. I mean, we're the same height, just about. Yeah. So if he doesn't do that well i don't know who even gets that role like i think we're just going to see patrick mahomes throw in the red zone more than we've ever seen in our entire life and i don't think they're going to ever try to run it we might see more travis kelsey rushing touchdowns than anyone else like well i i don't know i i'm i i like his i like his i like the pick in as like a zero rb format as you know a decent upside pick at six round price the price is good enough now i think it's fallen far enough that i do agree with you there They've overcorrected. These yes. people have overcorrected on the, the dismal downfall of the injured Clyde Arizalaire, and I'm not going to let it happen for another year. It's it's definitely possible. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another player. My first flag plant. Flag. Your first no nickname. I know who it's going to be. Flag plant. Yes, because we don't need to mess around with this player. You know, it's Chase Edmonds, someone I've mentioned on the show before, someone that we've talked about since April because. The mid or since April, sorry, since March, because on the first day of free agency, when we were doing this show, when we were doing live, uh, we were doing reactions to the signings. Someone was a day one free agency signing. It was Chase Edmonds. They went out. The Dolphins went out and signed him with this new staff. They gave him a decent amount of money to come in and be their running back. We are now six months later. His competition remains Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert, of which Sony Michelle has. Not no one's shown out in camp more than Chase Edmonds on the Dolphins running back crew. Raheem Mostert has not played football really in two years, and he's 30, and he's not good, and he's never been durable. Chase Edmonds is by far the best talent with the best opportunity on the Dolphins team, which is a much better offense now, where Tyree Hill is at it, Jalen Waddle's at it. Yes, that does help the passing tech. That helps the offense. That boosts passing. That boosts touchdown upside. Like Chase Edmonds has the opportunity to be a six to eight touchdown score, while being the efficient back that he's always been, with volume. Like it's it's all set up for him. 
and you have never ever paid more than an RB3 price point for him. You're always getting him in the seventh round. It's such a smash value pick, Riley, that he will be a top 20 running back this year. I'll lock in top 24, but I am confident that he'll be in the top 20, and you're drafting him at RB34 or so right now, 30. And he's rising, but he's not going to rise quick enough for those redrafts that are going on right now. We are at, It's August 25th, all right? The ADP is where it's going to be, kind of. So, Chase Edmonds, the guy that they held him out of preseason because he was their guy, he's going to be your guy for fantasy as well. He's a smash pick in the seventh round. Great value. What do you think? Roulette. Uh, the, the value is great. He's I've been taking him on, on a lot of drafts as well. Uh, the devil's advocate would say that Raheem Mostert is coming over from the Mike McDaniel's uh, 49ers team and uh, so could have a, a solid amount of leash uh, just in that respect. But and even if that's true, uh, Raheem Mostert won't be on the field for very long just because of his injury history and because of how serious those injuries are. You know, chip cartilage in his knee and things like that. Those are big time injuries that. Uh, that are not like an ACL, like we've seen running backs come from ACL injuries and, and still look somewhat like their former selves. And there's just not as much history for those kind of injuries for a guy like Raheem Mostert to stay on the field, which puts Chase Edmonds in the driver's seat. And that's the other side of it is this is the 49ers system. That Yeah, sure, that helped Raheem Mostert. He's familiar with it. But he's never played more than – hold on, let me let – me, let me like Mostert's never out there. Like, And if he is, he'll have a role. But it won't be the valuable role. Like he'll he'll break off a run and that's valuable, but it won't be it'll be the early downs. Edmonds gets thirds down, gets third downs, and he's just better with his touches. So we want 49ers backs. Every year we are chasing 49ers backs. And we kind of have that here in Miami, except you're paying a seventh round. You're getting him for much less than Elijah Mitchell, who carries so much more risk to me than Chase Edmonds. It's just Edmonds was the RB seventeen through eight weeks last year before getting injured. And then he got hurt and he wasn't really back. That role right there, RB17, with a lesser work, uh, what's it called? Lesser volume share, where he was splitting it with James Conner, he was splitting it with, you know, a very spread offense in uh, Arizona. He can easily repeat RB17 in Miami. And I think you're, it's, it's just a smash value for me. What is your next? Flag plant, Riley. Next guy, I wrote. I just wrote down the word chucking. You know what yes, that might mean? I don't know that one. I do not know no, that one. You don't. All right. I have so a guess. we're gonna go ahead. Give me a guess. Is it Trey Lance? No, it's not Trey Lance. Okay. Chucking because he can throw the ball far. Also because he trucks. It's kind of a double metaphor. But go on. Give me. Give me your. All, give me all your of name. all of these nicknames have to, are like similar to their real names. So this one's Cortland Sutton. Chucking is Cortland Sutton. That's right. terrible. That is well, the worst thing you have said on this show today. The, so only pur- the only purpose is so that you don't know who it is, and I achieved that. So you're welcome. Anyway, go, go, go. so in, my, in the uh, one of the redrafts I'm doing, we came out with the um, the draft order early, and I'm the first overall pick. So um, how my, my drafts have been going is uh, Jonathan Taylor, because it's a half PPR league, and then I come around in the second and take – uh, either a running back or wide receiver and then tight end. And then when I come around to the four or five turn, Corlin Sutton is always there. And that's a smash pick for me. Um, he's he's shown, you know, he's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. We've talked about all this before. Uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver has never played with a, uh, a strong quarterback. He's had some really solid seasons. Um, he's had a thousand yard season in 2019 when he was a Pro Bowler. 
uh, still had 700 plus yards uh, this last year with a, a mishmash of poopy quarterbacks. And uh, now that the offense is so much better uh, with Russell Wilson and uh, new coaching staff um, with Nathaniel Hackett um, calling plays a, a strong uh, offensive mind, like we've seen him run a very strong uh, offensive system in Green Bay for a while. Uh, the price on him is 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 right where he falls to me at the at the perfect point, and there's he has top ten wide receiver upside. So I'll I'll cash in on that and, and shoot for the ceiling with him. So I have been vocal about Jerry Judy this offseason. Yes, very much. And throughout this. Throughout this month, I've sat back and thought. I am still in on Jared Judy. I am still taking him ahead of Quan Sutton, but it is very close to me, and I have zero problem with Quan Sutton because I think Quan Sutton has higher upside, where it's just touchdown potential. And I, I, I you can't be numb to the reports. I, I believe Jared Judy is that guy, but. Colin Sutton is the red zone guy. He's always been the big body guy. It makes sense that Russ is going to him. You have a tight end room that is not established either. So in terms of big targets on this team, Colin Sutton is all they got. And he's a big freaking man. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I have been warming up to taking Scott into my leagues. And I, my, my big resolution is to leave my drafts with a Viking, Charger, or Bronco. I do not want to leave my draft without one of them. And Sutton fits that bill. So I have no problem paying that price for the upside that he has and kind of that DK Metcalf role. I don't think he's the big play that DK Metcalf is, but he's the red zone threat and he's the he's he's it's just a good target. You want you want the wide receiver for Russell Wilson normally. And your argument for, for Jerry Judy for a while was uh, when Jerry Judy was healthy on the field last year, he was yep. the alpha, he was the target commander, and that's true. I'm not yes, taking away from that. It was very true. New new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. That could all change. I, I wouldn't yep. be surprised if Jerry Judy still got a slightly higher target share, but the upside is with Cortland Sutton. I yeah, I, I it's 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 just the target difference where I think Judy could have more targets, but they're gonna be less valuable targets because they're not it. I don't think they're gonna be as much downfield and they're not gonna be as many in the red zone. So I do I I, I definitely see the merit behind Cortland Sutton. I am going to bring up another receiver, though. You know, we both we both went running back first. Now we're both going receiver second. This guy, it's finally going to happen, Riley. It's going to happen. With DJ Moore, is going to make the leap from the wide receiver 15 to 20 that he's been for the last three years, and he's going to jump inside the top 10 this year. I'll say wide receiver – I'll say he jumps into wide receiver one territory, but I think he'll jump into the wide receiver 10, and here's why. So – if Moore scored seven touchdowns last year, he's been hovering on four, four for the last uh, the last two years, which let me start with that, actually. <laughs> he has had the fifth most targets since 2019. And we've talked on the show about targets being targets are earned. They're not given. He's that guy. Fifth most targets, but he's only 12th in receptions. And that's because he has quarterback play that is abysmal and the ball is 20 yards over his head. He's posted a full yard more in yards per catch than anyone else in that range, uh, in that top 10 range. And players in that same yards per catch is Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. Just good company right there. But And also great fancy assets. But Moore isn't in the same category as them because he hasn't scored touchdowns. And the, of those top 10 targets since 2019, nobody scored less than DJ Moore. He's scored 12 touchdowns since 2019 despite being top 10 in targets. 
The only other player that's close to it was Allen Robinson with 14. He's the only other player with less than 20. Four players are more than 25. Now, you could think maybe he's maybe he's not that guy. Maybe he's not a touchdown scorer. That's absurd. That's absurd because with any talent like DJ Moore, they can score touchdowns. It's just if they can get the freaking ball to them. And Baker Baker Mayfield can get him the freaking ball. So if DJ Moore scored seven touchdowns last year, let's say Baker Mayfield is good for three more touchdowns to DJ Moore. Not crazy, right, Riley? Not crazy? No, not at all. Three more touchdowns. He jumps from the wide receiver 17 to the wide receiver 12. And that's purely on touchdowns. That's without talking about the difference in receptions. If we have on-target throws versus Kyle Allen and P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold, if we take all that out, if we just take that, we just focus on touchdowns, D.J. Moore is the wide receiver 12. It's it's an easy pick as your wide receiver 2 in drafts this year because he does have upside despite never – he hasn't hit that yet. That upside still exists because he is still that type of player – and I'm not. I'm not going to leave my draft without him. So, just somebody I'm willing to. I'm willing to get made fun of over type of thing. Because DJ Moore is that guy, and he's got the improvement this year. As I've talked about before, in the most recent dynasty startup draft we did, um, I I took uh, three running backs and then a tight end before I took a wide receiver. Nice apple. I took J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and then I took Kyle Pitts. Um, and I wouldn't do that strategy again because it's left me really hamstrung at, at wide receiver. But I've, I've experimented it with redrafting this year, and guys like DJ Moore are the reason why I feel like it kind of works to go two running backs. Like, if I'm drafting from the one-on-one to go Jonathan Taylor, uh, Aaron Jones, or some guy like that in the second round, and then... And so then I can get... Yeah, exactly. So it's an easy pick. I, 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 I'm, I'm so in on it because I, I think the Panthers are going to be better than people think this year. I really do. I think Baker Mayfield is a huge step forward, and I think that defense is not that bad. You know, we talked about on the IDPN, you know, you got Brian Burns, you got Jack Lawson, you got Jeremy Chin, the legend, and not some bad, some young upcoming uh, cornerbacks as well. Not exactly fantasy relevant, but good for NFL purposes. Now, before we get to our last names, Riley, do you have any honorable mentions you want to mention? If not, because I, I, I have one I wanted to. Yeah. No, you go first. You go first. Okay. I, I have two, actually. So one is Kirk Cousins, because like I said, I don't want to leave a draft without a Viking. Kirk Cousins is the engine of that offense in a way because he's conducting it. So I love Kirk Cousins. I think the Vikings are going to pass a bit more. We talked about it all offseason about using more three wide receiver sets, going from a bottom five offense and three wide receiver sets to a top five offense, three wide receiver sets. That just increased the vertical passing game. That means a lot more for Kirk Cousins. Pocket passers still have upside. Don't let anyone tell you. Otherwise, you can always get them late in your drafts. I love Kirk Cousins. The other one I want to bring up is Christian Kirk, the guy that I briefly mentioned on this show, but someone I've rose a lot on last month. He commanded a 20 and 24% target share in 2018 and 2019. Then Hopkins arrives. And then Cliff Kingsbury is in his second year. He establishes his air raid system of spreading the ball. No one gets a huge target share. And that, that target share dips because Hopkins is – you know, he's a, he's a target monster. So I think Chris, Kirk, Christian Kirk's breakout was kind of stunted by both injury as well as Cliff Kingsbury, as well as Hopkins in a way. And I think now he's got that chance to revive in, in Jacksonville as the wide receiver one, and you're getting him as your wide receiver four, wide receiver five. So 
just another name that I really do like taking in my in my drafts. I don't think you'd be a top twelve guy, but top twenty four for sure. And the nickname I had written down for this guy was Kook K O O K. I, I took him off for Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, but it's Brandon Ayuk, um, who, based on all reports, has has been uh, has established a really strong chemistry with Trey Lance. Uh, it's cast a doubt. The reason I took him off is because uh, his ceiling is capped. Um, I would say I would be shocked if he finished inside the top 18, 16 wide receivers, and uh, maybe that's even a little bit high because he's playing alongside George Kittle and um, and Debo Samuel. Plus, um, we don't know uh, what size the passing offense is, the passing volume is going to be in that offense. But um, I've been in love with the talent for a long time. Um, and now that he's taken uh, residence outside the doghouse and he has a quarterback that he has a strong relationship with, um, I think this could be uh, a breakout year. Let me interject for some breaking news, Riley. I'm not sure if you knew this or saw this, but our guy, TJ, Toyloy Brown III, have you seen this news? No, I haven't. Our guy, for anyone joining in, I realize this is not fantasy football news, but our guy, our sports editor, our managing editor, our goat of a friend, is heading to Tennessee to cover high school sports with his first time full job. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Just a, just a raise that out there. I want that on print. That guy is going to be a star someday. He's going to be covering the NBA, NBA, NFL one day. He's just that guy. So, with all that said, let's head to our final flag plant, Riley. Final flag plant. Okay. Do you want to end it or do you want me to end it? Let me let me go next. Okay. Because I've been thinking about this guy for quite some time. Please. Right. Okay, Juan. That's what I have written down for this guy. Okay, Juan. What do you think? Give me a guess. What you am I no guesses, to, do you? I, I you have a single guess. Not a clue oh what that means. All right. Saquon Barkley. That's my that's my final guy. Um, I've done plenty of drafts and in eight and ten team leagues, which some of my leagues are, where he falls to me at the two three turn. And uh, based again, based on every training camp account, that's what I'm using as a basis for a lot of these guys because that's all we have to go on. Uh, you have to trust the beat reporting, but um, every report says that he's looking healthy. And uh, the, this offense is trending up with the arrival of Brian Dable. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is kind of on his lash lease. I'm not sure how much passing volume they'll give him because they know what he is, right? And they know what Saquon Barkley is when he's healthy. As he proved last year, Saquon Barkley was good when he was healthy, except for that one game, um, I think it was against the Steelers. Um, but by, by all accounts, he's looking healthy, and he's one of the most talented backs in the league when he's healthy, probably top five. And you're getting him at the price of RB ten to twelve, um, and I, I think as long as everything goes right, which I think it will, I think everything goes right. RB ten is his floor. It's just I completely agree. And let me run something by you because I recently took Saquon Barkley in the IDP Guys Masters League. Um, let me. It's it's a super flex league, and it was a very unusual start for me. I was drafting. I'm drafting at the one hundred eight. I took Christian McCaffrey at the 108. Didn't go quarterback when Christian McCaffrey at the 108. Mm-hmm. And I came around. I took, uh, oh, what did I even take? Took a quarterback. All right. That's the gist of it, right? I took a quarterback. Um, I think I took Russ. I think I took Russ. And then I took Saquon. I rarely have that opportunity to even take Saquon, but I do think he's going to be one of the best running backs in fantasy this year. Where we have totally forgot that he was the RB1 
two years ago, like the RB1 overall. He, and that offense was also terrible without a competent coach, which I do think Brian Dable is. So I think I, I, I love the pick, and you're getting him at the back end of RB1s right now. And I think people are rising up to him. I think he's rising very fast in ADP, but he's still someone I love to have on my team. So I'm all for that, 100% supportive. My last name, Mr. Millette. Are you ready for it? You ready for the last name? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, okay. I put this one down ahead of those other honorable mentions because the value at finding a breakout tight end is a lot more than a lot of other positions. Because if you can take one late and they live up to a fourth round ADP, that is a difference maker compared to a six-round wide receiver breaking their third-round wide receiver, ground, ADP, whatever. Cole Komet is that name. Now, I've talked about him a lot this offseason. I wrote an article about him on IDP, guys, at, in, I believe it was May. So I've been on this Cole Komet train for a while because Cole Komet did not score touchdowns last year. Didn't score one. That is going to regress because, A, Jimmy Graham's gone. He did take some surprising amount of red zone work. B, Cole Komet is good. Cole Komet is a good player who's always been. He's flashed that athletic upside in the past on limited work, and now he enters this offseason as the guy, as the full-time target. We saw him even in preseason last week where Cole Komet commanded three targets on the first drive, and it was super fun to overreact to that because it was a preseason game. But Cole Komet has to be the number two target for the Bears, and he also happens to be that guy, he happens to be a really freaking good player. So I think we're going to be talking about Cole Komet as a very good pick down the road. I don't think he could be the tight end one. I don't think he'd be the tight end two or three. But I think four or five is right in the realm of outcomes and getting him at tight end 10 or 11 or 12. So Cole Komet, a guy with opportunity in this dying Bears offense with just Arnold Mooney, with touchdown upside because he's the only player on that team that can catch touchdowns. I don't think any of us predict Darnell Mooney to be a big-time touchdown scorer. And while the Bears might not throw much, they will throw some to, uh, in terms of touchdowns. And he has game scripts working his way, and he has an athletic profile. I'm I'm just I'm very in on Cole Komet, and the price has not gotten out of control like I thought it might. So I'm still very in. I'm a guy who likes to pounce on my early tight ends. Um, very, very much so. I like to cash in on the top five, but um, even, even if I end up punting, which um, just personally, I would pref- I would prefer those top five. And if I don't, I'll try to settle in on the TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard tier. Um, it's just something I, I believe in for fantasy, but there's, there's plenty of, uh, there's a good case for taking wide receivers early and, you know, taking a quarterback early and taking a guy like Cole Komet as your tight end late, which makes plenty of sense to me for every reason you said it's just not my cup of tea yeah it's there's 215 vacated targets in chicago like that that's that's what it comes down to they're still going to be a crappy team they're still going to need to pass the ball and there are 215 targets that have disappeared the only players they've added is byron pringle equinamia st brown those guys are not going to steal targets polkamed is the is the guy that can fill that void and I, I think he's going to be able to stretch the field enough to be relevant to fantasy. I agree. I see some people talking about him on Twitter and dissing him because he's, you know, it's a bad offense and it's hard for a bad offense tight end to be successful because you need touchdowns. 
that's possible. That's definitely possible, and that's why I say top five instead of top three. But I think Cole Komet is that next best thing, and I like targeting top targets of upcoming up up and coming uh, wide receivers. So, or up wide receivers, quarterbacks, and that's Justin Fields. So, I do like Cole Komet. That is our that is our flag plants. Those are our flag plants. Riley, you want to run through your list? I'm gonna go Clyde edwards Alaire, uh Cortland Sutton, and Saquon Barkley. And I'm gonna go Chase Edmonds, DJ Moore, Cole Komet. If any of those names do not hit, you know where to find us on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli, as well as at Riley underscore Millette. Give us hell if those names don't hit, because we are telling you you should not leave your What's up? I'll delete my Twitter account if Clyde Rosalaire. Yes. Riley will delete his Twitter back. account when Clyde Rosalaire runs for two yards per carry again. So yeah. it's it's probably going to happen. But either way, that is our show. That is from College to Combine. And again, thank you to anyone who's been watching, who's watching right now or watching afterwards, because this has been a super fun ride. And having anyone tune in to watch us mess around, give some fantasy advice, break down some players, it's been a total thrill. And hopefully we're going to be kicking this back up in january and back when we have that draft cycle to go back to january february we'll see we'll see what riley's up to he might uh i don't know he he might he might he might leave me but um yeah but either way there's still plenty of in-season content coming from both for frequency's sake at ffsqc on twitter youtube all that give them subscribe means might mean nothing to you means a lot to everyone else and same goes for idp guys at idpguys.org idp guys on twitter as well as youtube a lot of great content coming every single day from both those groups. Love the guys within. It's really great just to support them. So everything you do there means a lot to them, means a lot to us. And that is our show. That is from College Combine. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I hope your fantasy seasons go super well. Again, follow me on Twitter. Ask me any questions you got. We're ready to uh, ready to get this season going, Riley. Preseason's almost there. Almost done. All right. Any final message for you, Mr. Millette? Adios. Adios. I'll put that on that note. Have a good night. Have a good day. It's midday. Enjoy it.